And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson here, uh, day before Thanksgiving. Hope everyone is safe, uh, hope everyone gets a little time off to do what I do, pump yourself full of salt and carbohydrates and take a nap and watch some football. Raven Steelers Thursday night is canceled, um, this is what we're dealing with. As we record this, the Browns have four players on the COVID list. Miles Garrett will not play again, and there was another positive test this morning. Um, again, we do not know right now. By the time you listen to this, we might know who that player is. We might not. Um, it's just what we're living in. I, I talked with a coach or traded texts with a coach because we're not allowed near the coaches or the players last week um, about what's going on, and he just basically said we hate every morning. You know, we don't know, and so – the Browns have long been in the NFL's, quote, intensive protocols. Um, now every team is for the rest of the year. Your meetings are virtual. Your time is limited. Uh, who's around is limited. It's been that way. You know, inside the Browns building, the personnel people are working where the marketing people usually work. There are people who go to work and aren't allowed in the cafeteria, aren't allowed in certain restrooms, certain areas of the buildings because the players and coaches might be there. It's just uh, – Strange, they're trying to get through it. We'll see. The Steelers players are pissed because they wanted to play Thursday and get their long weekend off. You know, going way back six weeks ago, now their bye week was taken away, altered because of a schedule change. And, um, you know, the mentally strong teams, the mature teams are going to thrive and survive, and we'll see. Um, the Browns' business on the field, obviously, they're going to play this week against a terrible Jacksonville team that's starting Mike Glennon. But they're not going to have Miles Garrett or Denzel Ward. Um, those things will level the playing field. Of greater concern for Denzel Ward, he has not yet been placed on IR. But if and when he does go on IR, that will be three games. So it hasn't happened. We don't know uh, from the intel I've gathered. I'm not sure uh, that that will happen. But he's definitely going to miss this week and almost certainly going to miss next week. And then that third game would be the Monday Night Ravens game. So we'll see Denzel Ward playing. At an all-pro level, leading the league in pass breakups, just really um, as good as a corner can play. You know, the uh, the quarterback pressure last week on the Taki interception return, his own interception, just consistently taking guys away, consistently where being where he needs to be. And he'd been healthy. Um, man, he's good, and they're going to miss him because they're thin in the secondary. They have covered that up, the lack of depth in the secondary, by Denzel Ward, by the weather, by circumstances, but now it's out there. Kevin Johnson becomes your number two corner. You really don't have a third, quite frankly, so we'll see. Um, Your options are MJ Stewart, Tavier Thomas calling up either Steven Denmark or rookie A.J. Green from the practice squad, Um, making that more complicated. Both guys who play free safety, Sheldrick Redwine, and Andrew Sandejo are dealing with injuries. Um, Going to be a day or so 
maybe more until they know whether those guys are even going to be available for this week. So Ronnie Harrison was at practice Wednesday, was scheduled to be anyway, uh, play through his his knee issue, and, and you need him. Great trade, great pickup. Uh, what else do you do? I don't know. Maybe you have to play him at free because Carl Joseph can come back in and play safety. Maybe one of the rookies, Elijah Benton, Javante Moffitt. I think Moffitt's ahead. He's He's been on the active roster. Those guys come in, so – you just don't know. Olivier Vernon went from invisible to AFC Defensive Player of the Week, right? Going to need guys to step up. Um, we know right now the Browns would be in the playoff race with six weeks left. That doesn't really mean anything. There's still a chance that they don't beat any good teams left on their schedule and make it. That'd be great. Um, obviously, they would like to keep winning, keep it rolling. And I think they can. You know, <laughs> the thing about this offensive line, guys, and this run game is that the offensive line is still only on Game 7. As a, as a whole unit. Um, Nick Chubb has only played in five games. You know, they're just revving it up, a brand-new system, brand-new scheme. We know about the lost offseason and the strange circumstances. Like, this run game could get even better. It opens everything up, and we'll see. So um, that's the lay of the land. We thank you guys, as always, for listening, for reading, for following on Twitter, for following on The Athletic. Download the app if you haven't. Use our special subscription price and get on board. Uh, we're covering a Browns playoff push and not a crawl to the next draft or offseason or January firing season, right? So enjoy it. The Browns are fun, fun football team. Um, the way Chubb and Hunt run and provide these highlights, I mean, you could just watch them all day long, right? Guys are blocking their asses off. Um, the defense is playing its ass, collective ass off. Individually, they're playing their asses off. Um, when the defensive line is good, the Browns are good. So even without Miles Garrett, I, I credit to those guys. They really stepped up last week. You know, I think Carson Wentz is a little gun shy because his O line stinks. I think there were times his O line didn't give him any chance. I think there were times the Browns contributed to that, or times he missed guys. He did not play a great game. The Browns took advantage. Uh, we know what the formula has been: win the turnover battle, run the ball, and turn it over to Chubb and Hunt in the fourth quarter. And when that happens, um, it's a lot of fun to watch. So. Um, enough of just me. I got a guest. His name is Dave Zastadil. You probably remember him as Brown's punter um, from 15 years ago to 12 years ago or so. He's a native of the area. He's done a little Brown's radio work, um, but he follows the team, you know, as a fan, as an observer, as someone who really knows um, how this, this stuff works. And so I just thought that Z would be a great guest, and he was gracious enough to join us. So um, let's play that interview for you guys now. All right, as promised, I now bring in a special guest, a friend of mine, an alum of America's greatest university in a name you probably know, Dave Zastadil, former Browns punter, spent a long time in the NFL, um, still around, following the Browns, doing a little bit of radio work, and it is a privilege to have him with us here on Civilized Barking. Uh, Dave, a lot of moving parts, a lot of issues with the team, uh, but I just want to start here. It's fun to watch the Cleveland Browns, and like for right now, in a way, that's enough, right? Yeah. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me on, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's very exciting to wake up on uh, Sundays now. Um, you know, people are starting to really, you know, even my friends call and say, "Hey, what are you? Are you doing anything tailgating for the game at home? Are you having people over?" I, I know with COVID, it changes things, but it's that excitement on Sunday that we haven't seen in a long time, and it reminds me of when I was a kid in the late eighties with the Bernie Kosar and the Webster slaughter, the Ernest Binder, that whole run we had against Denver. It's that kind of feeling again, where 
the whole city is really, really getting excited and, and, uh, and excited for these Sunday games. And the Browns are doing really well. And I think, uh, I think this young team is only going to get better. Yeah, I noticed the same thing. I was sifting through some tweets the other night, just laying on the couch. And I saw all this angst for Jacksonville being a trap game. And of course, Denzel Ward's out and all, you know, all that stuff. But like, it used to be that Jacksonville was the one game you'd circle like, hey, we can win. But now it's like to keep this thing going, we can't afford any slips. This, this game makes me nervous because I remember even when I was playing um, Jacksonville during those times, we still wasn't a very good football team as far as record wise. And, and you get down to Jacksonville and now it's, I think the teams are pretty, you know, pretty used to it with no fans, but back then they didn't have a lot of fans in the stands yeah. and, you know, it was a warm game. The field was, was somewhat slippery. Um, and you just thought you went down and you were going to take care of business, but you just didn't have that, um, that get me up type feeling you had against like the Steelers or the Ravens. And so these games are scary. So I think Kevin Stefanski is the greatest leader he is really needs to get these guys mentally focused that this is a business trip. Let's go down, take care of business. Let's understand that this is still an opponent that has been very competitive. And here's the thing without two great defensive players, you know, that's going to really hurt that defense. So now I think it's, it's even more emphasis on the offense on special teams to pick those guys up and help take time off the clock and sustain drives. You know, you probably watch it and follow these things a little differently, given all the time you spent in these locker rooms and things. What has impressed you most about Stefanski? I think what impressed me the most is the fact that he's he's a very consistent coach. Um, it looks like he really gets the respect to the players because of a few things. I think he's very prepared. I think he's a very smart analytical guy. There's no question about that. And I think that was one of the reasons the Browns drafted him. But I also think that um, – He's sticking to his game plan and he's sticking to the things that he's emphasizing to the players and he's not changing those things. Hence the word consistency. And I think that's all as a player in the locker room you want as a coach to see out of a coach is not trying to be one guy one day and the next week he's a different guy. You know, I think that approach consistently on game week um, that, that a coach shows his team specifically in the locker room helps him gain that respect and that trust from the players. And um, that's all I'm hearing, and that's all we're seeing, and I think it's reflective in the in the, uh, the record so far. So I've been wanting to catch up with you, Dave, but specifically the reason I, I called you this week is the Browns have played the last three games in just awful weather. And I just thought if anybody knows what it's really like there, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're one of them. So um, I guess I'll, I'll start with this, you know, they didn't play well against the Raiders for, for various reasons. And those conditions were awful. Then they were worse than the next game, but they played better. I mean, does experience pay? Like the more you're in that stuff um, is maybe as miserable as it is. Can, can that really help them going forward now that they've done it? If it comes up again? I think so. Um, specific, more importantly for the little things. And what I mean by that is you kind of understand after going through a game at home, you understand what that, that grass is like and how it's going to react to rain how it's going to react to colder weather. So therefore you're more prepared in, in not only your cleats, but you know, in, in, in what type of, you know, um, you know, length of your studs you're putting in your shoes. You're also prepared for, Hey, if we got a Southwest wind, which we know is a prevalent wind in that stadium, how is the ball, how is the wind going to move at certain parts in the field? And so those are the little things that you kind of can prepare yourself for. And it's extremely big in the throwing and the kicking game. 
which obviously Phil Dawson has talked, you know, at lengths about um, with, with, with that little flag that he put up in the Southwest core of the end zone. So as far as the little things, you can help yourselves out because you're used to it. You've experienced it instead of a team that's coming in. That really is, is for that day is, is the first time they're experiencing that. People have asked me, did you guys try to keep that flag secret from your counterparts on other teams? <laughs> you know what? Um, we never really talked about it. If it was a good friend that we had that was an opposing kicker punter, we may joke about it. But um, once that game, you know, once uh, you say hi to those guys, and you go right to your business and, and you walk the field, you prepare, um, you stand on different hash marks to try and understand where that wind is blowing. And it changes all over that field. And that's what people don't understand is if that comes in and some of those gaps, specifically the southwest corner of the end zone, you could be in the dog pound and it's, it typically blows towards our, our sideline. Then you get up towards the 35, 40 yard line and it's moving in a completely different direction. So <laughs> it's definitely very challenging. And, and when I was watching those last three weeks, um, it, it didn't surprise me at all that the ball was sailing and, and the fact that the kickers were struggling warmups. It's, it's just a tough environment. When they had that delay before the Texans game, you know, that hail and rain came in, Dave, you could see the different winds because you would see sheets of it up in the stadium lights. And some of them would keep going um, from the Southwest to the other. And some of them would get to like the 40 yard line and get blown totally down the other way towards the Brown sideline. It was crazy. Yeah. I, I was noticing that too on TV and, and and I had some friends at the game and they were kind of calling me, telling me a little bit about um, the environment down there, but that's, that's why it's so important to have a Nick Chubb and, and so important to sign, you know, a, a Jack Conklin and, and, and drafting a Wills at left tackle and having a cream hunt. I mean, the AFC North, you know, typically always has a strong running game and it's a lot of it's because of the environment and the weather. And it's nice to see the Browns have that. So, um, you know, that's just something that, you know, I think uh, is really going to help us as we move in, you know, to these, these uh, end of the season uh, games here in the colder weather. Yeah. Um, Chubb's highlight reel. Well, first of all, their fourth quarter highlight reel is just incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he he's as good as I've seen. Dave, do you agree with that? Yeah, I I, I just don't. I I have not seen a running back like that. I mean, I, I watch you know I watch NFL. I watch you know the Travis Henrys of the world. You know, you watch the Joe Mixons. You watch some of the good running backs that are out there. But you know, this is a guy that just not only can you know just beat you right up the gut north and south running, but he also has the ability to cut back. And then he has the strength to stiff arm and put people on the ground. And I'll tell you what, probably the best thing that you hear about Nick Chubb is, is how he is in the locker room, how he is as a person. And for him to step out of the one yard line, show he's a team guy. So um, it's just nice to see, you're starting to see the slowly, the culture change in Cleveland. And it's just, uh, it's a breath of fresh air after all the years that we've, we've experienced uh, losing seasons and turnover. Yeah. I mean, I agree. You know, this this running back contract thing, you look around the league and it's it's handicapped a lot of teams. But when you look at Chubb, there's just no baggage. There's just, he's just the perfect teammate, the perfect player. Uh, I thought this before, you know, some of the examples you cited in before this year, but I just don't know how you could not pay a guy like that. Right. Yeah. And I think the one thing that's I think that we need to talk about a little bit here or mention real quick is the fact that this is really new to Cleveland, right? I mean, if you look at the Steelers, you look at, you know, some of the old teams like new England that constantly just re doesn't rebuild, but just kind of just add some dynamic players to the draft and really drafts well. And then they become a consistently winning program. We haven't experienced that since 99. So we look at the draft class with Nick Chubb, you look at a Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, 
you're starting to see what it's like to, to have a successful NFL team when right. you draft well. And I think that that's one thing that um, is surprising to a lot of fans because we're talking about how great Nick Chubb is and how Denzel Ward is a pro bowler, but it's really because we're drafting well. And I think that is sign to come that if we can continue to do that, we're going to start seeing this one, one season that we have here as a consistent front going forward. Um, but, uh, you know, hands down to, to those guys and, and, and some of the, uh, Andrew Barry, the job him and the staff has done, but, uh, we just got to kind of keep rebuilding. I mean, I mean, excuse me, re-adding to this roster. I think this off season, uh, with the money we have and, and some of the ideas that I'm, I'm hearing running around, uh, some positions that we're going to fill, uh, we got a bright future. Yeah. Um, the defense certainly, um, needs bolstered. You know, I, I think there's also a thought in today's game that you do kind of what they did this year. And if you have a couple of guys on defense and you certainly think you have that in miles and Denzel, then you just maybe try to short-term plug the rest and invest in your offense. Um, what, what do you think about that philosophy and where do you think this, this roster is going, going forward? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Grant Delphit, you know, Delphit being hurt with that. Achilles, I think that was a big setback in the secondary, um, highly touted guy, very aggressive, um, you know, had a lot of comparisons of some of the great aggressive safeties that we've seen play. Um, and I think in the back of their head, they're knowing that they're hoping to get that guy back, um, which would be a benefit. But, you know, as you look around, you obviously, you know, you look at the linebackers, you look at, you know, Sheldon Richardson's getting up there a little bit of age. And I think, you know, what, what, what I was, I was speaking about a little while ago is, when the trade deadline came, people said, oh, I can't believe we didn't make any moves. But at the same time as we did not have any OTAs, we had no mini camps, we had no preseason. So, you know, at that time, you're still getting young players trying to develop and understand a new first year defensive coordinators um, philosophy and scheme. So I think they just need a little bit more time to be able to develop these players and then see, hey, in this offseason, here's some holes that we gave them a chance we got to fill either through the draft or free agency. So um, I do think the defense has looked better, um, but at the same time, uh, I still think there's some positions out there. Either we need to, you know, either add a little bit more um, impactful players or get a little bit more depth. And you do that through free agency in the draft, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the draft has to be your lifeblood, but Dave, I agree. Like some people take it as a negative when you say, well, Olivier Vernon's playing for a lot of money or they're going to have to decide on this, this guy or this guy. Well, that's a positive. That means your team is getting to the next step, right? Right, right. And and if you look, and, and that kind of goes to my point I just made is, you know, people were talking about Olivier Vernon, you know, possibly being traded. But then what happens is we don't make the trade. He has three sacks last game and arguably been playing better football. Now you get him playing good football like this and you get Miles Garrett come back after COVID. I mean, if I'm, if I'm an offensive line coach, I'm going to shoot. You know, I know I got, I know what I got in Garrett. Now there's Vernon guys playing at the Pro Bowl level lately that we expected him to. That makes it a little bit more of a philosophy change on offense because you now have to look, think about both sides of the rush. So, um, like I said, I think uh, the no offseason hurt every team. But I think with the Browns having two new coordinators, I think it's just going to, it just took a little bit more time. And I'm start, we're starting to see some of the results of that. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One big decision that's looming, and it doesn't necessarily have to be made uh, this offseason, is the quarterback. Uh, What have you seen from Baker? And, you know, the weather has certainly hampered him. Uh, What do you need to see from Baker going forward before you feel like he is the guy here? Yeah, the, I mean, the Bengals game, no question, was a great game. The, the only issue is is the Bengals defense really isn't all that great. And so what you wanted to see was a, you know, the fact that he took that step in that game was a positive. I think you just lead that game as it is. You're right, the last three games, nearly impossible to show what a quarterback can really do. But I think there were still some throws in those games, specifically last game in the end zone. And I think uh, one was to Kareem Hunt. It might have been the previous game where those were just missed throws that you like. I'm sure Baker wished you could have had him back. I think at the end of the season here, what you're going to want to try and find out is if for some reason the running game is stalled. Say that we're playing a team that really loads the front and they shut down a running game. Can Baker Mayfield take the game on his back and beat you with his arm and drive the team down? And I think, you know, I think fans and I think the front office probably want to see a, see a little bit of that side of Baker. And if he, they can show, he can show that he can do that. Then I think you got some, you know, you got a little bit of easier decision to make. But right now, I think there still needs to be that opportunity for him to show, hey, I can take this this game on my back. The running game stalled, and let me go down and show the guys that I can win this game with my arm. Yeah, I agree. Um, he certainly hasn't been terrible, right? Um, but there, those missed ones. I mean, you got you got to have those, right? And um, just philosophy wise, we'll see. Um, you know, this is not the time for the Browns to do it or for us, but it does hang over everything. And it's like, okay, if there were more than one Pat Mahomes, then there, then everybody would love that. Right. And <laughs> there, there are teams that are winning and winning over a period of years that don't have an A quarterback, but you know, really what are your options and, and do you want to break it up? I mean, I think it's fair to say, right. The Browns want it to work with Baker Mayfield. They want him to be the guy. But I also think you just don't fully know right now. Is, is that fair? I, I think it's fair. I mean, you know, I think there's there's argument to say, hey, listen, we're a seven and three team. Um, look what he's done. You know, we're we're, we're know, six best record in, in the NFL. However, there's the other side of that coin that's going to say, wait a minute, if I had Nick Chubb, if I had a great offensive line, I had Cream Hunt, and I had the receivers and the Pro Bowl tight ends I have. I think any quarterback could go in there and, right. and probably have the same stats as Baker Mayfield. And I think that's, that's the argument that is going to be the tough decision moving forward. Now he is a young player. There's also going to be also going to be the skeptics out there. Say, look at Josh Allen, another first round pick 
um, 6'6". Look what he's doing in Buffalo. Um, same record, but he's improving every year. You know, is Baker really improving, or is he kind of just standing still? Um, you know, those are all the things that you're going to have everyone talk about, but I think the big thing is the fact that can he take the game on his back and win it if that running game stalls or, or, or is not doing that well. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, it, it's not easy to find a guy, and there's no guarantee for as talented as Josh Allen is that, that he's ever going to get there, right? But right. there's not one throw that Baker makes that every quarterback can't make. So you at least have to Correct. keep an open mind, um, and we'll see. Yeah, and, and Zach, let me be clear. I, I think I think he's he, he's a he's a great teammate. It sounds like you know he's a passionate guy, and he's doing fine. Maybe you're a seven and three team, um, and I think you made a great point. There's not, I mean, how many Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger's, uh, Tom Brady's yeah. are out there right there, you know? So these are still young guys developing, and Russell Wilson took him four years before he started taking the next step. So a lot of encouraging signs, but like I said, I just like to see him take over the game um, if, it, if it need be and that opportunity exists. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we could argue about it, and everybody's going to argue about it. We'll see, because there's a possibility that even if Barry and Stefanski want to move on, there's not a better option, right? But one one thing I know you can talk about, um, and this is interesting, I, I, I hear players talk about it, see them tweet about it, the culture's changing, right? It's a buzzword. It's kind of a cliche word. But you were in these locker rooms, Dave, and you were with different organizations, and it, at times they were in different stages. So from an NFL standpoint, you know, what does culture mean? And is it really as big to winning organizations as we on the outside think? No, it's a good question. Uh, culture really is the idea that everybody's buying into the idea that, you know, we have one goal as a team and the goal is to win a Super Bowl. Um, you want to make sure that there's no distractions. You want to make sure that there is a, um, as Bruce Arians used to say, you want to have trust, loyalty, and respect. And if those three things all come together, you start building a culture of winning that um, starts with the top. You know, it starts with the front office having consistency with the head coach. And then it comes down to the players and making sure that the players have the right mindset. You're not drafting guys that have off the field issues and distractions. And everybody's buying into the fact that we're a team and we're going to try and win the Super Bowl. And I think that when Kevin Stefanski came in and Andrew Barry and him kind of got on the same page, there was consistency there. And I think that started trickling down in the locker room that there was, Hey, we finally have stability. And once we have stability, let's understand who this head coach is and who his staff is. And Kevin Stefanski came in with a plan. There was a lot of respect from him, from outside other players in the league that I'm sure we, we in the locker room always hear about. And then he was very consistent in his approach. And I think if you have that, that respect, you know, that trust loyalty, and then that respect factor comes in. And I think that was a key thing. Um, but all those things kind of play a big part into culture. And I think the last thing really is understanding that you have a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. got to have a leader of your team. I mean, this is an NFL quarterback driven, NFL is a quarterback driven league. And I think if Baker can continue to lead this team and play well, then you got a culture change right then and there. Yeah, uh, that's interesting because I've always said, you know, obviously the reason the Browns have have changed is because they haven't drafted well, right? They haven't had the right guys. But in terms of building that and getting to Bruce's key principles and like this this group is smart, tough, accountable. Well, you don't know that when you come in, right? You got to go through a season or two mm-hmm. to really know who that is. So I just think continuing to win is nice. But the big thing is it looks like the guys know what they're doing. Right. And if you can get some stability, then I think that's probably the main way you're going to close the gap on the two teams in your division. Right. 
Yeah, you just, turnover is a killer in the NFL. Um, you know, whether it's head coaches, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, um, you know, key players, you got to have stability. And if you look at all the great teams, and, th- and this is why I went back to the quarterback comment, you know, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, 17 years, you know, Green Bay Packers, Brett Favre and Rodgers, you have New England, 20 years of Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes is going to be in Kansas City forever. The key driver to these teams' success and the stability is your quarterback play. So, you know, that's why I think, yeah, it's great we have a great running game. It's great that we have Miles Garrett. But the key to the, the consistency of this Cleveland Browns team will be the quarterback play. So, um, you know, that's why I think it's so important, as you mentioned, that the evaluation of Baker Mayfield has to be so, um, you, know, uh, you know, so uh, you know, overviewed every game just to make sure he's the guy going forward. Right. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Um, Denzel Ward, they're certainly going to miss. I mean, he's played lights out, and, and then especially it's just one game. You hope, you hope Miles will be back, but without your two best defensive players. So, just kind of what have you seen from the defense? And, um, you know, for, with me, for me, Dave, it's five alarm level of concern with Denzel Ward out, but am I overreacting to that? <laughs> no, he's a, he's a bona fide all pro defensive back corner. I mean, he is, he is that good and he's having a great year. You saw what he did, um, you know, over the you know, pretty much the first half of the season, especially last game. Um, but the good news is you're playing uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's an opportunity, the fact that you're going through a, I think their third quarterback in Michael Lennon, who's making his first career start in a long time. Um, you have a few players, I think their offensive guard, maybe out with COVID. Um, you have a team that's one in nine that as soon as you get up on teams like that, they typically fold. So I think it's a good situation for him to be out against this team, um, especially and Miles Garrett. I think that we're good enough to go down there and still take care of business. Then you hopefully get Miles Garrett coming back against Tennessee, and then hopefully Denzel Ward, being the youth he is, um, gets healthy quickly and can come back and play. But um, I think the answer to your your comment or question is the fact that thank God it's it's Jacksonville. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, this is a game you got to win, right? Um, you know, I'm cynical as they come, right? Because I've seen a lot of shit, Dave. But when people say that I'm too cynical because I say th- things like a playoff team wins this game, I think I'm just telling the truth, right? <laughs> well, it's funny, you know. Th- th- this is a this is it's funny you say that because last week um, I have some buddies that um, you know tell me, hey, who do you think is going to win this game? Is is the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Jacksonville a trap game? And I said, yeah, those are the type of games that are trap games. What did Pittsburgh do? They're going to win 27-3. So if the Browns really think and, and want to show people that they're a playoff team and, and their culture has changed, these are games you go down and take care of business. And that's just that's just the way it's got to be because the Pittsburgh Steelers show that they do it and look what they are. They're 10-0. So, I, yeah, this is technically what you would call a trap game. But if we want to be the team that we think we are and want to go places, we got to go down and take care of business. Yeah. Um, all right. One more. We'll get out of here. You know, we spend so much time talking about Chubb and Hunt and, and Miles and Denzel for, for various reasons, for obvious reasons. Those guys are phenomenal. Um, who's a guy, you know, and you're watching from afar this year, just like everybody else. Who's a guy or guys that really intrigue you, maybe for now and for the future? Did you say, hey, I, th- I think this is a football player? 
Yeah, I think um, one guy out on the offense side of the ball, and it's just because um, the way he's playing is Wyatt Teller. Uh, I think, uh, you know, him coming over, I think someone questioned, they were questioning possibly his toughness. And, and there was a play I saw on, 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 on Twitter. He blocked three guys, and then one guy pancake in the end zone on one play. And the fact that he's graded so high, I think he's one guy that has really been a pleasant surprise on offense. And I think that, um, you know, for us to do what we did, uh, uh, picking up Jack Conklin and then drafting Wells, I, I just think, you know, I think it's been such a plus for our running game and for Baker kind of making this turnaround season. Um, another player that's, um, I think that's going to be intriguing to watch the rest of the way is uh, Mac Wilson. I think Mac, uh, you know, I think he's a great community guy. Um, had a great year last year and then had that injury. And I think he's starting to be a little bit more healthy. And I'm curious to watch how he's going to play at the end of the season to make sure that, hey, at least we have some stability at linebacker. And he's the Mac Wilson. I think we we saw climbing that ladder after his rookie year, had that setback. And let's see how he finishes the season, because, you know, as we all know, we really need him to play well. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he I don't know that he's ever going to be a world beater, but he certainly showed some promise and he was set back uh, by the injury, no doubt. So I think the Browns want to see more. They think they can see more. Uh, frankly, we need to yeah, see. And, and I'll team. never, Zach, I'll never not, I'll never not comment on it, but for the brand, um, Jamie Gillum, the hammer, uh, you know, what a, what a great job he's been doing. And, uh, you know, I, I tell people, people always tell me all the time, you know, why did you ever have arms like that? And I said, Hey, listen, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just not something I was, I was, uh, given, uh, from the weight room, but I'm, I'm glad to see the hammer is taking that position to another level. I mean, like a young Dave Zastadil, I'll say this about the hammer. <laughs> when the ball comes off his foot, it just sounds different, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's just, he's just a very strong, you know, strong guy. He's got a very fast uh, blade. You can tell his fast twitch muscles are moving quick. And um, you know, that guy is just, uh, you know, he was a great find. Even in that windy game, I was even watching his balls and they were still going, you know, 45, 50 yards. And I was going, that's something that uh, that's not easy to do. And most people probably overlooked it. Right. Well, I mean, with Mac Wilson, I started to say we just need to see the tweet to tackle ratio get reversed a little bit. Right. It's fine that he's engaging with the fans, but, but we need to see a little yeah. more production. Right. And that's why that's why I made the point that I want to watch the end of the season to see if, you know, being 100 percent healthy now, if that changes his game and he starts to be a little bit more trusting of that, you know, of playing his leg and pushing off and maybe being a little bit more aggressive and taking chances because we, we really need him to do that. Sure. Great insight, Dave. Uh, appreciate it. And would love to have you back. So, I mean, it, it's so much weird about this year, so much bad about this year, but usually at Thanksgiving, we're talking about the Browns in the draft. And instead we're talking about looking at the standings. Can they keep it going? And I just think making the playoffs, even if they end up losing badly when they get there, right. I just think it would be so important for the growth and trajectory of this franchise. I 100% agree. And what, what's the, what do they always say? Once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. So, um, you know, we just got to get there. And, and there's a there's still a lot of games to be played. And the thing about the NFL is you don't know which teams some injuries are going to pop up. You don't know um, with this COVID deal what's going to happen. So, you know, if anything, pray everybody stays healthy and the fact that we'll have the playoffs. I think that's the most important thing this year. But if the Browns get there, I'll tell you what, anything can happen. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be there cheering them on. Yep. He's been a great guest. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. We thank you for listening. We thank you for reading. Uh, subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. This weekend, we're going to be running special deals for Black Friday. 
and beyond. So enjoy the games. Uh, enjoy all the content. We thank Dave Zacidil and we thank you. Talk to you Sunday evening on Civilized Park.